welcome to From the Rookery End on Silver FM 87.9 FM. We're, normally we're a podcast and you can only download us from iTunes, but we're going live on the real radio. We're, stuck, we're grown-ups, isn't it, boys? We are going to be talking about the last month of Watford football, uh, what's been going on uh, with the Hornets and, uh, and, and all the other stuff that's going to be coming up. We've got some very special guests on as well. We're going to be speaking to Craig Ramage, Rambo, who was, of course, at last night's game. Uh, and he commentates uh, for the local radio up in Derby. Uh, and he also was speaking to uh, Paul Robinson. It's been a, a month of what for football. Um, we say we're normally, uh, you know, we're lifelong uh, Watford fans, seeding holders of Rookery End. Uh, and when we do the podcast, it's our take on life as a Watford fan. And let's, let's look back at the last month of football. Um, we're, we're in a nice position, aren't we, Mike? It's, it's, it's good being where we are. We are in a fantastic position. It's the tightest championship race for, well, forever, really. It's, it's just absolutely extraordinary. So for us to have been able to hang on everyone's coattails and be in a good position to strike, you, you can't be anything other than, than really happy, really satisfied, but, but above all, really excited. You uh, asked on our, uh, our, our Twitter uh, feed, uh, at Watford Podcast, where you can get in touch with us uh, this evening. In one word, how are Watford fans feeling? And what was the, the biggest word that they came up with from your, 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 your looking? It was good, because the one word that came out most frequently was confident. And I think we've got every reason to, to feel that way. Another couple of other, other words were excited. That was the next biggest one after confident. And that's how you should feel as a football supporter, really, isn't it? If, you, if you're not enjoying football at the top end of the table, then probably something's going wrong. We'll say the next two were, were nervous and anxious. Ooh, don't panic. You'll be all right. But I understand all of those four, um, and they were the ones that we, um, we saw most frequently. And I think that, that kind of sums it up, doesn't it? Jason, uh, how are you feeling as a, as a Watford fan? Excited and nervous from those those four words that we had there, uh, nervous and excitement are the, are the two that stand out for me. I still think back to that Leeds game yeah. at the end of the, uh, the Zola season. Um, and, how exciting, yourself, and how exciting it was. I know, it, I know it didn't end well for us, but it was so exciting just to be in the mix on that day. It was a lovely sunny day. Um, we know what happened with the injuries and everything and sort of delaying the game. And that just seemed to add to the, uh, to the whole excitement of the day. Didn't enjoy, I didn't enjoy the day though. I don't want, I don't, but yeah, we got we got the end of the season coming. We'll talk about the the games that we got left coming up. You know, in the in the second hour. But we, do you want that? I don't want that that again. I want us promoted by by the, by the same token though. You can think about the Leicester game, and I remember going to that that playoff semi final, and it, it was a weird thought to have. But I thought I can't remember there being a pitch invasion at Vicarage Road. I haven't seen one there for ages. Wouldn't it be great to see one? And Obviously, what transpired, transpired, and it's something that not just football, uh, Watford fans look back on fondly, but, but all football fans. And I think that's the point Jace was trying to make, is that we are now on the verge of having some of those memorable days, having great occasions. I, I, I think I remember the last good pitch invasion at Vicarage Road um, back in 1982 when we won promotion to the Old Division 1. And I, was, I am old enough to <laughs> have invaded the pitch that day myself. How I think old I were on, you, Jason? I think I was on my dad's shoulders. I would have been eight at the time. Have we got any younger pitch invaders out there? You've got eight. There were definitely younger children on that pitch, again, that, that Leicester game. So, but, so we're after a pitch invasion. But let's, let, let's look back at the last, you know, the last month of Watford football. We've had two wins, two draws, one loss. 
Any standout moments uh, for you, Jason, in terms of uh, those games? It's been a funny old month, but I think the um, I think last night was one, and I think we can put Wolves in the same boat as well. Difficult games, difficult places to go to, big home crowds, really passionate home crowds. Um, going behind uh, twice at Wolves, going behind once at Derby, and, and managing to come back in the face of adversity as well in that Derby game when we were down to ten men. Um, we talked about Ipswich as being a, a bad game, but probably only a point lost because we didn't know we were ever going to win that game. No. Whereas those two were definitely points gained on the day. That, yeah, but then, Mike, have we been in a position? Are we, you know, we are at the top of that division. Are we not going to look back at certain games like those and go, we should have won those games? Or, or, especially last night, blaming a man who wears black? Absolutely not. You can't go back and look at individual games because they form the wider part of the season. That's one of the most frustrating things about looking back on that Zola season is that people identify single matches as the reason we didn't go up. And, you know, if we'd have beaten Burnley that day, maybe one of the other two, Hull might have picked up points that day. You can't, you can't look at it like that. And Watford, what Watford have done in the games Jason's mentioned is sent out a message that we haven't got that soft underbelly anymore. We're not just going to lie, over, lie down and, and be rolled over. We've lost heavily at Derby the last couple of times we were there. Um, last night we had the most adversity against us in as much as we were, we were a man down and a goal down, yet we came away and came away with, um, with what might be a valuable point. So I think getting draws at those places is, is, is absolutely magnificent. They, we, we earned the draw. They were probably fair results on, on the night as well. Um, but I think the Fulham game was was interesting as well because that showed a tough Watford, a Watford that we haven't seen much of over the last two or three seasons and just to grind out a win. How, how is the Fulham-Watford different from the hard-fighting Wolves away or Derby away? Because we did pick up three points and we, we scored very early and we came up against a, a savvy, um, clever Fulham side who, who weren't afraid to mix it. They're still in the, in the relegation battle to a, to a degree. And to, to score early, protect that lead and deliver three points... Against, you know, we were up against it for, for large portions of that game as well. And at this stage of the game, it really isn't about how the, the performances look. They're not, they don't need to be oil paintings. We just need to get the, the points on the board. And we did it that day. And that it was hugely, hugely pleasurable and enjoying to, just to see us out the three points. Great day, that one. Uh, were there any other you know, mo- mo- the, the moments for you, Jason? Either f- from individuals, maybe, that sort of... Are getting your, you're keeping your confident words, your excited words, rather than your anxious words or your pessimistic words. Um, if you want to talk about individuals, I, I think we mentioned it before on our, uh, on our short pod, podcast after the running game. We talked about Fernando Forestieri and his performance in coming back. And again, this sort of ties in with what we talk about sort of in the face of adversity. And it had a, a terrible time at Wolves in terms of what he did and the bad press he got and the performance he put in against uh, Reading was amazing. And then last night, again, talking about individuals, Gediora, absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. What a performance he put in in the second half. That's got to be, he's got to be the winner of best assist of the season. What a beautiful pass it was. He was off balance and gave the Derby defenders absolutely no chance. Uh, and uh, Igalo did what Igalo does best, which is uh, slot home when he's in the in the penalty area. So yeah, absolutely magnificent. I think it is worth pointing, talking about the ref briefly. You did mention it, John, and I think 
me and Jason were talking before we came in here, and I think we have been hard done by again by by a referee. I think it definitely was a penalty. I think a red card was incredibly harsh in that situation. The ball the ball was basically a different postcode by the time the guy went down. <laughs> we had uh, we had covering defenders again, and it's it just wasn't a red card. So would that be? Uh, yeah, I suppose if we had eleven, would we won that game then? If with eleven men on the pitch, we'd have, we looked. Excellent. Our Derby had a really good first 10 minutes where Watford didn't see any of the ball, but we really started looking like Watford after that. Um, Vidra got his goal, absolutely fantastic finish. Uh, Troy Deeney was looking like a handful. The, the defence were looking fairly, fairly robust. Gomez was obviously on his game. We looked good, I think, up until the, up until the sending off. Um, and it, it's just disappointing that another game we're asking these sort of questions. What if, of course, the other, the other side of the coin is don't give the referee the option. Um, and that's, uh, I think Motta will be frustrated that he made that challenge. Oh, Jason, are we a team now? Because last night's game was against Derby. It was meant to be a big game against a, uh, a side who are there with us. The Bournemouth game as well was meant to be a big game against a side who are at the top there with us. But we never got to have 90 minutes of both of those games to, sh- to show what we can do and feel confident about... Yeah, we're definitely going to go up because I would wa- I'd want to win those games to have that pure confidence, wouldn't you? Yeah, you, you would want to win those games. Who wouldn't? No, of course not you want to win see, a game of football. Yeah, and it's well documented now our performances against the the top six this season, and the fact that we've still not managed to beat any of them. But we've, the good thing is we've got a, an opportunity to do so again on Monday at home to Middlesbrough. Um, so yeah, you, we should be good enough. We know we have got the players. Perhaps there's a little bit of doubt in their heads that they're humans, after all. They're not just football players. I'm, I'm going to jump in here. Go, go, on, Mike. go there's, on, There's, there's no doubt we are good enough. And I think the fact that we haven't beaten anyone in the top six or eight is, uh, top six is, is important, but not as important as the fact that we've absolutely demolished everyone outside it. And the other, the other contenders for promotion have, have failed regularly to do what we've done. Um, so... You've either got a yeah. I think we're looking absolutely great. I don't think there'll be any doubt in the players' minds that this is a magnificent opportunity, and they've got the talent to do it. We've already mentioned Guardiola, uh, Dini, Vidra, Igalo, Cathcart's looking great. Gomez was superb on on TV last night. The people are going to be watching this Watford side and thinking, this are a tough goal scoring savvy decent outfit, and no one's going to want to play us. And and we should be confident as supporters. I've got no doubt the players will be absolutely buzzing and ready to do the job. I think we've also got a manager who's confident in the squad that he's got and that we're confident in that he will approach each game with the right sort of mindset and the right tactics. So that adds to it as well. We're the Orns, you're the Orns. Come on, you Orns! Uh, coming up in the show, we're going to be uh, speaking to... We're, we're trying to get behind exactly how how easy slash hard it is going to be to get promoted. And we're going to speak to uh, journalists and, and the people in the know at Bournemouth, at Norwich, and at uh, Bournemouth, Norwich, who else? Middlesbrough, who we're going to face on Monday. Uh, but now our insider at uh, Derby County. Also sort of a man who knows Watford quite well, isn't he, Mike? Not sort of. He, he knows Watford inside out. He's a Watford legend, I think it's, uh, I think it's fair to say. We welcome to the show Craig Ramage. Hello, Craig. Hi, boys. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're very good, Craig. We were just talking before we came on air. Have you uh, uh, calmed down after last night? It was quite some spectacle, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a cracking game, wasn't it? Obviously, what was on at stake as well. Was, you, could, you could feel it. There's 2,000 crammed in there as well, the tension. And you could see what it meant to the players as well. So it was a cracking game. 
And it, it, was a, it would be a tough one to take to, for Derby, Craig, but with, with our Watford glasses on, although Watford went down the table a couple of places last night, we, we got the draw in in tough, uh, tough circumstances. So is that the sort of game that, that's helpful for, for a team vying for promotion? Will that give them, give them heart and confidence going into a tough game on Monday with Middlesbrough? Well, yeah, definitely. I think you've seen, seen the character of the side now. They're building a real momentum now, Watford. Um, they've had some cracking results. and OK, they had the hiccup against it, it switch at Vickery's Road last week, but I heard it was a bit of a smash and grab one where you know, they were quite unlucky. I think Derby, sometimes you have to get a slap on the wrist like they did against um, Ipswich, where you learn from it. They learn from their mistakes where they've probably gone a little bit gun out. Derby have done it a couple of times this season and um, had the fingers burned. But obviously the manager now, Watford, he'll probably just shore it up a little bit and take the odd point here and there. But I think Watford now, they've sealed Derby's fate. I think Derby, you know, I, I said they needed to win sticks out the um, seven and draw, but they've got to win the home game. So they're not going to win six on the bounce now. So I think, I think Watford have sealed Derby's fate um, last night. You say sealed... Um, so- Say, Craig, you say seal their fate, and you're saying like uh, you're talking like the season's over, and that was almost like you know I, w- I watched on television last night, and you, you're listening to the Sky pundits, and they're sort of saying, oh, it's it's you know Derby are now out of it. That's out of automatic promotion. It's not out of promotion. But do you think actually it could have been, you know, the the the, the run you've had and where you are now, can they come back enough to get momentum to to go up in the playoffs? Yeah, that, that's the only way I think they can go up now. It's going to be, have to be the playoffs. They've got to try. They've not won in seven now. They're having the bad run. It, it's crazy to think that at the end of February, they were five points clear at the top of the league. And it's not just that, Mike. It's the expectation as well. It, I think what I'm trying to say is everybody thought it was a nailed-on um, top two finish, whether it's um, champions or second, that was going to take one of them spots. And I think that, that's been the, the um, expectation all season. So... For everybody to see what's happening now, to have the bad run, they've had the few injuries and they've not coped with that and, and obviously performances all season as well, a bit of inconsistency from a lot of the players. So when you look at last year, the last 10, 10 games were fabulous. They never looked like they could get beat but it's been a real struggle this season but they've managed to stay in around the top two and all of a sudden now they've had the, they're having the bad run. And now they're clinging on to to the um, playoffs. But hopefully now that I think they've got to take the pressure off the players now a little bit, Stephen Clarence, and say, look, take your eyes off the top two. Let's just make sure we, you know, we stake that claim and stay in them playoffs, and hopefully get a chance in the playoffs to obviously get the promotion. Craig, after um, uh, Watford's playoff final defeat uh, two seasons ago, obviously last season we struggled in the championship. Uh, how much of uh, an impact do you think that? last-minute playoff defeat that, that Derby had has uh, had an impact this season? I think they've coped with it quite well this season. Um, OK, they've not been fluent. They've not been the... Obviously, the standard bit last season was probably crazy. And the, the expectation wasn't there last season. I think if we'd have snuck a playoff place, um, we'd, have been, you know, we'd have been surprised. But obviously, the expectation this season, it, it bears, bears heavy on the shoulders, which Watford had when... Obviously, we didn't get promotion at um, at Wembley, so Watford went through that. Uh, they struggled a little bit that season. Derby have sort of sort of kept that momentum going a little bit, and you know they've often both got into the top two without really playing well. You know, playing to the the, the capabilities. So, but it was one of them. I think that's what the league's all about. There's not a standout team who's going to run away with it like we did last year with Leicester, uh, Burnley to an extent. So it's all open. It's all up for grabs. So, you know, uh, hopefully now Watford. 
Watford have been delighted with that point last night where they keep Derby five points away. They're only a point off, I think, second. Um, so they've got a great opportunity now to take points off Middlesbrough and really establish themselves in the top two. Craig, what do you think are the best and worst things about this Watford team? One, one of each, the, the best and the worst. The best and the worst, obviously the best is you, I think I said it before the start of the season when I gave the prediction that they'd be definitely in the top six. But um, it's, your, it's your strike power. In a Golo, um, Dini, obviously Dini now, 19 goals, one off 60 goals in three seasons, crazy, crazy return. Vidra, we all know Vidra, got a p- bit of pace, gives you that different outlook on the shoulder, going to get your goals. And I really like the old main man last night for me was Gordiara. I, yeah, thought, yeah. I, thought, I thought he was fantastic last night. And the ball the ball he put through for the goal um, for the goal was absolutely fantastic and it was a, a quality player to see that pass it was frightening so if you could Wait. if you could sorry Craig but if you could pop one player in a time machine and <laughs> take him back in and, and put him in the side that you played with at Vicarage Road who, who would you take with you? Um, well we struggled for a goal scorer didn't we so he'd have to be Deeney yeah he'd have to be Deeney definitely I'd like to just play behind Deeney and obviously he could have contributed to a few goals, I think. But would he? Is he as cool as you, though, Craig? No, no, no. <laughs> I think uh, I think um, Ab- Abdi's got that little bit of nonchalance about yeah. him as well. So he, he's a bit of a big miss. He's got he's got the um, creativity for the side, hasn't he? So you know you've got you've got Abdi to come back as well. So it all bows brilliantly for Watford, and I do. Uh, I think they'll go up this year. Watching them last night, and what I like about them at the moment is a bit of steel about them. They'd have lost that game. They've gone down to 10 men just before half-time and they've gone and lost that game probably three, four months ago or definitely they've lost it last season. But they're showing a fighting spirit as well as playing the football and the attacking and flowing, flowing uh, style they play as well. But they're working hard for each other and that's massive to get promotion. We were talking earlier about how the, how the players will be feeling and whether they'll be confident and, or excited or how they'll be feeling. Craig, you were in, in and around Bradford, weren't you, when, when they got promoted? Um, yeah. what, does it, what, what do players act like when they're in a promotion race is it, is it nervous is there any sign of nerves or, or is it just a feeling that this is what we're here to do let's get the job done yeah I think so I think that's, a, that's what the manager were doing you've just got to keep them focused I think that's all we kept doing was just kept going one game by game you know, not looking any further than the next game um, and dealing with that game and I think obviously results confidence and Watford what, what they, I think they're, um, they've only lost two in about 11 haven't they something like that 12 yeah. so they've got, they're building a real momentum at the, at the right time a bit like Derby last season they had that great, them great performances towards the end of the season it's all about that momentum where Derby now are stumbling struggling to find that bit of form no winning seven now you know that's where your confidence levels are, are struggling but Watford They've got that momentum to come to Derby. You know they've had some bad results at Derby in the last few years. Oh yeah, and you could see it. You could see it. They wanted they wanted a result. They fancied that result on on last night. And I think if they hadn't gone down to ten men, they'd probably won that game. Uh, we're going to put make you put your money where your mouth is. Um, predictions for where Watford will finish. I think I think Norwich are definitely going to. I fancy them to be in the top two, and I think um, going. Middlesbrough at home tomorrow. If Watford win that, I fancy Watford to be in the top two as well. Okay, and Derby top six. Derby top six, yeah, definitely. Right. Next question, Craig. Saturday night, you're cool. Um, the picture I have in my mind is you've got your feet up, you're on a big recliner chair with a bottle of bud in my hand, 
Please tell me that's the truth. Uh, uh, <laughs> are you, have you got cameras in my house? <laughs> <laughs> we have, but we don't look at them these days, Craig. Some of the scenes, things we've seen, we've had to avert our eyes. Them rumours aren't true. <laughs> thank you very much for your time, Craig. Um, uh, good luck to Derby. We can say that now because all the games between us have, have happened. And, uh, and uh, let, let's, fingers crossed, um, we get to see you at Vicarage Road uh, next year when you're commentating uh, on Derby. Can I do- can I just say as well, come on the horns. You know, I want them to go up. Obviously, they've got a big place in my heart of Watford. And a, a little shout-out to Johnny Marks as well. Yeah. His great team last night. Taught me everything I know in this radio business. <laughs> <laughs> These teach us some stuff. Thank you again for your time, Craig. Cheers, boys. Cheers. See you later. Bye. Cheers, Craig. Bye. Bye-bye. The first Watford legend of, of, of tonight's show. After seven o'clock, we'll be chatting to uh, Paul Robbo Robinson uh, and plenty more to talk about about Watford and, the, and what's left of this magnificent season here on From the Rookery End on Silver FM 87.9. From the Rookery End. We're in that position. We're in the top six. Promotion is, is, is it's going to happen. Isn't it? God, John, you do worry me when you say these things. You really do. I'm all for optimism, but not uh, not so public, surely. Well, you're the pessimist out of the three of us who normally do the podcast, and Mike, there's Jason, myself. Uh, we're joined now by uh, Dave Messenger. Hello, Dave. Hello. Good evening. Um, huh? Good evening. Good evening, Dave. Uh, and uh, Dave is the... Uh, were you managing today, weren't you, Dave? Yeah, I was, thanks to... Um our usual manager being somewhat incapacitated after last night's activities. So, uh, yeah, I took the, took the uh, reins today. Uh, and over that's Watford, of, uh, Watford Internet FC. Yes. Uh, we'll talk about that game uh, later on. Uh, Dave, is, uh, Dave, you want to go up, is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, you said with such, such clarity yeah. and such, such meaning. We, we have another friend of the of a podcast, uh, uh, another uh, Dave, but we call him David. Uh, David Levy. David, are you there? I am. Good evening, Jim. Good evening. Now, you're the opposite. Is that, is that correct? Well, not completely. Okay, right, okay, let's go, right. You go first, David. It's like a proper debate for the, for the elections, okay? Yes or no, or what, do you want Watford to actually really go up? You can go, you have the floor first of all, Dave Levy, go. Are there, are there seven of us going to speak, but two of us because <laughs> yeah. no one knows who, who the minority leaders are. Now, I think, really, if I'm completely honest, the perfect season for me would be us to win the league and then the FA find some financial irregularity that means that we have to play in the Championship again next season because... I don't think it's just my view, I think it's shared amongst others, that the Championship is just the best league to be in. It's so much fun. It's equal, it's entertaining, it's open. It, you know, there's some fantastic clubs and grounds to go to. It's generally you know, you know, friendly and, and enjoyable experience to watch uh, football in, a notable high-profile exception notwithstanding. And the Premier League is terrible. It's overpriced, overhyped, overexposed. <laughs> Um, you know, we get in a world where Crystal Palace are charging £84 for a football match in a few weeks' time. What game's uh, that? It's Man United, and the most expensive ticket is £84 to go to Selhurst Park. You cannot tell me that that is a world in which we really want to go. And whilst I accept that Watford need to make progress and we need the money, I would much rather us be in the Championship again next season by hook or by crook. And it hurt a lot losing at Wembley a few years ago, but I'd really rather we played in this Championship again uh, next season. There are some incredulous looks in the studio. Dave. Okay, I've got, so I've got to tell you. Okay, so Dave Messenger, you you are for the Watford to go up uh, side. Um, your uh, response? 
Um, do you know what? Actually, David's made a lot of sense because nobody wants to pay £84 pounds. to go to Sellers Park. But I'm not 100% certain Crystal Palace would charge the same for Crystal Palace v Watford as they would for mm-hmm. Crystal Palace v Man United. Um, I mean, yeah, I've heard that view expressed on a number of occasions by people over the last, more last season when we didn't have a chance of getting promoted. It was more, oh, yeah, you know, I'm quite happy with a championship. But Ultimately, if you're a football supporter, you expend an awful lot of nervous energy and time and money and all the rest of it on following your club around the country, listening to podcasts, reading fanzines, reading things online. And you spend so much energy and time in that. Why would you not want your team to do as well as it possibly can? And in England, that's playing in the Premier League, playing against the big clubs, playing against the Liverpools, the Arsenals, the Man United's. Tottenham's and the Chelsea's and testing yourselves against these sides and also just trying to establish ourselves in there because it's something we failed miserably to do on the two occasions when we've been into the Premier League. Arguably the club is in a far better position financially and the way the club is run, the coaching systems and the, the, uh, the ability to go and get decent players. Arguably, we'll have a really, really good chance at staying in there if we get there. Would, I can't understand we, why. Would we really have a good chance? We'd have a great chance. When you look at the teams that are fighting against relegation, look how well Burnley are doing. Look at the fight they're putting up. Ultimately, they might get relegated, but they don't have anything like the resources and the ability to get players that we'd have if we went into the Premier League. Because you said about because the point I was going to make to, uh, to, to David Levy on the phone, David, uh, you say you don't want to go up, but what if we just went for one year? It's 150 million pounds. Surely, it, you, would you put up for one year? Now. I mean, you take the money out of it, and unfortunately too much about modern football is about money, but took the money out of it, uh, you know, being patronised by the media, by other fans, uh, paying obscene prices to go to terrible grounds to see football. Um, it, it was miserable last time. I genuinely didn't enjoy it. The only thing I did enjoy was, uh, as Dave did, taking random bits of fruit and veg to away games. You know, <laughs> Um, I do understand Dave's argument that we'd be better resourced this time. You know, if we could get somehow get Di Natale to ever leave Udinese and come over for a season, that would be incredible. But I, I just, it's miserable. The Premier League is so overhyped. This idea that it's the best league in the world is just laughable to uh, me. Uh, it's, all right, know, I, David, I if we could... Leicester are having a good time this season, are they? I well, I don't know. I don't, I don't talk to Leicester fans. They can't be. They really can't be. <laughs> don't, don't talk to us that often. Um, but... Uh, it, all right then. Let's put let's put a slightly different spin on it. I think I think Dave makes a real pertinent point that we that we would be better if we went up this year, but better equipped. If we could guarantee you a twelfth place finish in the Premier League next year, guaranteed. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've got him thinking about it. Things think you're thinking. Maybe I think yeah. I mean yes, I'd probably take that. Of course, I'd take that. Of course, it'd be ridiculous. Because the other not point, the other, other thing that Dave, I'm not saying really, I, I still don't think it would be. There's something really amazing about the championship and how equal and exciting it is. And in the Premier League, you're just, you know, there are so many leagues within it that we just, you know, there's there's too many teams funded by oil oligarchs who just live in a completely different planet. And at least in the championship, whilst we have lots of players from overseas, which is great, and, you know, uh, really some very well-paid players, there is a real sense that there's more of a connection between the communities where the club, the teams are based and the fans. And... I just don't. I find the Premier League completely vacuous and full of nothing but hot air and overplayed prima donnas. And whilst there are a few of those in the Championship, uh, but wouldn't you wouldn't, wouldn't you love to see us go in there and beat some of those sort of teams, Dave? Would you not like to see sit at Vicarage Road and watch us take one of, one or two of these teams apart? It would be fantastic. That's where yeah. you want to be. I thought us get hammered by some really <laughs> poor average teams. I do. The one argument I do accept is that we'd probably give it a better go. This yeah. we. we we probably wouldn't see Johan Cavalli. 
And we're, we're no. Watford. This is what we do as well, David. Remember, we go up and we beat the odds. And all right, the last the last two um, ventures haven't haven't been great and have been have been tough. But I think I like to think that we made the most of those as well. The the supporters that went on their away trips made the most of them and and enjoyed it and got to see some some good players. And I'm, the other thing to, the, to to pick you up on, David, is that you mentioned that the championship is a very close league and a very tight league. And I think you're right, but we have to be realistic as football sports and accept that that isn't going to be the case for too much longer. When this new um, deal comes in in the Premier League, the teams getting relegated are going to have so much money and so much more than the championship uh, the, than the other championship um, teams. And I know that money doesn't necessarily buy you success, but the gulf between those that come down and, and those that are already there will be so big that I think we're going to see very quickly um, the competitiveness be reduced down to um, either teams with, with big backers or teams who have recently been in the Premier League. And I, I just think the Championship, we're probably seeing, we won't see anything like this year potentially ever again, in my view. Maybe, but... Yeah, the, the other, it'd be a shame if that happened because it is such a fantastic competitive league. But, you, you know, and you have seen teams like Wigan come down and struggle, albeit I realise that the parachute payments are not what they could be in years to come and perhaps the money I've said you know I started off by talking about money and £84 to see Crystal Palace but actually the money might be the one compelling argument because it'd be so transformative for for us Uh, and in some ways I'd like to see the Potsos rewarded for the investment that they've shown Uh, you know they've made some brave decisions not agreed with all of them they've given us some great players they've given us Steve Leo Belek but it's been fun (laughs) and it would be nice for them to be rewarded I just think as a fan the Premier League is miserable existence and I really enjoy I'd much you know rather go to Huddersfield than I would uh, go to QPR mm. I think it was a, it was a miserable existence the two seasons we went up before absolutely undoubtedly but I you know I genuinely I'm, I'm, I'm quite positive so we oh, well done, Dave. If we did manage to get back, in, if we did go, if we did go back, yeah, if we do go back into the Premier League, we, we will, we will hopefully have a better time and a more enjoyable time. And I think sometimes we're guilty as Watford fans of viewing the Premier League based on those two seasons, mm. and viewing the Premier League based on our outside view of it. Because you look at the Chelseas and the Manchester Cities that are in another league with all the money that they've got to spend, but we can compete with Hull and Burnley and Leicester and Crystal Palace and a lot of these other teams. In the, in the second half of the Premier League we can compete with those teams just as well as we compete with the teams in the Championship at the moment John says I'm negative I, I think we could do a Southampton I think that we are resourced enough we're structured enough to, to, to really establish ourselves as, as potential candidates for, for, for not just surviving but top half football and that's it won't happen immediately but I genuinely think that if we do things right and if we stick to the plan and we stick to what's happening yeah. take our time try and enjoy it um, that, that's the sort of growth that we've got here we're Watford Football Club uh, we're on the verge of another, another chapter uh, and I'm, I know David that if we do get promoted whenever it happens you'll, you'll, be, you'll be as happy as anyone um, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll be happy I think maybe it's my sort of psyche I'm setting myself up that if we don't you're I'm protecting yourself are you point. yeah a little bit the other thing I'd say is that whilst we've talked about on the field and how the club would prepare I, I think that we're really not that well set up off the field in terms of fans' experience of match days, mm. you know, that's my that was my thing about you know if we, if we went up, you know, Dave said earlier about being established. What yeah. let, let's compare us to a stab, you know teams of our size, our sort of makeup that have established themselves. It's the only one you could. I can't think of one really that is sort of similar to us in size. Fulham did for a while. Mm. West Brom have done because how 
strict they were with their um, with their with their finances. And I think we could become that sort of club because we will have the ability to bring in talent. Um, comparatively cheaper well, we let's say unique model. There's, comp- there's no doubt and, and really some of the interest would come from the Pozzo model and mm. that would be fascinating to see can I just I'd just like to finish a point I was making about oh, one of the things I like about going to Watford at the moment is that I can rock up at 5-3 to three, go into the rookie end and take my seat that wouldn't be possible if we were playing in the Premier League because we get lots of Johnny come ladies who'd, who'd want to come and that's just me being old but another thing is stuff like the catering and the club shop which I think are really really poor we sell terrible merchandise that's really not that nice uh, for people to wear. We have nice shirts, but the leisure wear and, and training and stuff is really not that nice. You're big on tracksuits, are you, Dave? And, yeah. And, <laughs> not for me. Okay. Beauty's well, in the eye of the beholder when it comes to, uh, to fashion, David. Yeah, well, that's certainly true when you look at me. But the other thing is, <laughs> stuff like catering. I mean, for years and years, I've been saying how pathetic the catering is at Rickeridge Road. How long... You know, the only reason well, I get a cup of tea at half-time is because I, I'm next to the aisle and I get to jump out and join the queue. And it's just things like that. I don't think we're well set up off the field. So if we do go up, I think there are a whole range of improvements that we need to make on and off the pitch. But that will happen. Surely that will happen. That's the thing. This £150 million, a million quid, you know, not even, a, you know, 1% of it. Spend that. Yeah. So you catering, so out of all those sorts of fan facilities and, and things will be, be, be much better. We've got to take a vote. Mike, Jason, me. There's three of us. That's... democracy will make us have a result up or stay where we are Jason Uh, I think um, Mr Levy's in a very unfortunate position I can't hear a single word he's saying (laughs) so on that basis I say I want to go up you're going to go up Uh, I am going to say up as well Mike in the words of Yaz and her plastic population (laughs) the only way is up we've got to go up and we're going to make a good fist of it Cups of tea, pies, we can sort that sort of stuff out. Um, David, if it means you having to get to your seat at 10 to 3 instead of 5 to 3, I think that's a sacrifice <laughs> that most Watford fans are, are going to be willing to take for, the, for, a, for a tilt at European football. So uh, I think we, we're all in agreement, um, and, and Dave in particular said that we understand what, exactly what you mean in terms of um, potential competitiveness and, and some of the um, uh, more undesirable elements of the Premier League. But it's better to be... Um, in it than out of it I think and let, let's just get up there let's just see what we, we can do we're a new Watford we're a different Watford we're an exciting Watford um, and I think we've proved we can learn as a club and there's no reason to think that, that we'd do anything other than that if we went up so all for it Thank you very much Dave Vid Cheers Jen A podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end With another guest another phone call Mike Yeah it's about we're going to hear from the opposition camp and uh, we're about to talk to Michael Bailey, who is from the Eastern Daily Press and Mustard TV, and we're going to talk Norwich. So, Michael, thanks for joining us. Welcome to From the Rookery End. No problem. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, Jed. And how are you feeling after the uh, latest, uh, most uh, recent results? Yeah, um, pretty good, actually. I mean, from a Norwich perspective, it was a cracking win against, uh, obviously, their former manager and uh, Brighton are pretty good at home. So Norwich kind of had to dig in, which they haven't always managed to do this season. And, and actually get a victory. So positive from that, and um, Norwich are a point closer to the top of the table, but uh, it's still just as relentless as it was a couple of months ago, isn't it, at the top? Everyone's pretty much winning and picking up points, and no one's taking it by the scruff of the neck. So it's, uh, it's very intriguing and, and exciting, and uh, it's going to be fascinating how it pans out over the next six games. Nor- Norwich have done the double over Watford 
uh, Michael. And th- does that mean that Norwich fans perhaps don't see see uh, Watford as challenges because you've you've won comfortably on both occasions? Uh, no, I don't think it does actually because I think everyone can see that pretty much every other weekend Watford have been scoring a lot of goals and winning games. So you guys have been doing really well this season. I think that's pretty clear. I, I think the two games. Um, between the two sides this season have been a little bit weird, to be honest. I mean, the, the first run you couldn't really gauge much from because of the sending off in the first mm. couple of minutes. And um, maybe we could gain a little bit more from the second game. I know that there's obviously a little bit... The, the, the penalty that Norwich won had a massive impact on the game. Penalty in inverted and... commas, I think. They've, uh... <laughs> yeah, it's a good job. We're, this is only an audio medium. <laughs> but um, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, clearly Norwich got a bit of, a bit of a decision with that one, but as as uh, you kind of have said at the time, the, the way Watford then did, sort of responded to what happened after then, and Norwich can when Norwich do get ahead, they do tend to flick through the gears. So uh, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I've certainly seen enough of Watford to know how good they are, and I think they proved that again last night, actually against against Derby. So um, no, I think Norwich definitely see Watford as, as proper challengers, probably more so than some of the teams that have been up there and, and bobbling along. Uh, all season. Talking of those other teams then, Michael, who do the Norwich fans fear the most? One, in terms of competing with them for automatic promotion and then, should you end up in the playoffs, who do they fear in and around the playoffs? <laughs> I think I think Norwich fans are a little bit happier that Ipswich have dropped away a little bit because, um, I mean, when Ali Neal took charge, Ipswich were 10 points, I think, clear of Norwich, which uh, sort of underlines the progress that, that they've made. So I mean, clearly playing Ipswich in the in the playoffs would be uh, would be wonderful if Norwich came out on top, but uh, pretty hideous if, if it went the other way. So uh, I think they're they're probably the ones just for the whole local connection and, and what that would mean that um, would sort of strike fear into most Norwich fans to a degree, even though they've done the double over them this year. Uh, in terms of the very top, I mean, I would say Wat- Watford are one of the key ones just because of how relentless their results have been recently. They're probably the the only team this year that have really kept pace with Norwich's form. I mm. think I think I'm probably right in saying that. Uh, Middlesbrough are a funny side, I, I think, because I think they are wobbling at the moment, even though they keep sort of grinding out wins when they need to. And they were very good against Norwich at the Riverside earlier in the season. They they did them four nil and. Norwich haven't really been on the end of a result like that all season, apart from that one. And Norwich uh, have to play Middlesbrough. I think they're the only team up there that Norwich now have to play. Yeah, I was going to mention that, Michael. You're, you're, the Norwich running is... I mean, we know there's no easy games in um, in the Championship. Where, who's got the cliché klaxon? Um, <laughs> but what are you thinking? Is it is it better to play promotion rivals, relegation battlers, or teams that are, are safe in mid-table for this running? What do you reckon? Well, for Norwich this season, they've been brilliant against the top teams, maybe minus that, that result up at Middlesbrough. So they would probably be happy taking on anyone because there's, there's no problem motivating themselves against the big boys. The, the places where they've dropped points are at home, uh, home, home to Charleston, at home to Wigan, um, games like that where they've just slipped up. So, uh, yeah, their running is, is pretty good. They have got to go to Leeds, which a couple of weeks ago looked pretty pretty tasty. I suppose if if the wheels have fallen off the wagon again, then that may be not such a big issue. I, I think that it is the, the lower teams Norwich have struggled against, and the teams where they where maybe the the expect, expectancy catches them out a little bit. Um, but I mean, they'll be really looking forward to the Middlesbrough game. I think that. If they can, if they can uh, be in that position where where that's a crucial game, which you would expect with the way everything's going, that it will be, 
um, Carroll Road will be, will be um, right up for that one. Now, if you could pinch a Watford player for that running, uh, Michael, who would it be? <laughs> Probably uh, Forestieri, I reckon. I think the way he can play is... Um, the only thing is he's quite a similar player to West Dan in a way, so they probably wouldn't be able to get two of those in the, in the team. I think one's <laughs> enough for anyone. But um, I've been very impressed when, with, when, with uh, the way he's played. That said, they are without Lewis Graben at the moment and his mobility knowledge are missing. So if you had Troy Deeney up top, um, that would probably make up for that as well. Because Cameron Jerome has scored a lot of goals, but he also misses a lot of chances. His hold-up play isn't always the best. So, um, yeah, I'd maybe take Troy. So the majority of our listeners are obviously going to be Watford fans this evening, Michael. So yeah. Why, from a from a neutral, from an outsider's point of view, give us a reason why you think Watford will go up and a reason why perhaps they won't make it. Sure. OK. Well, they've, they've scored goals for fun and they seem to be brilliant at um, turning uh, difficult situations into points, um, which is a fantastic knack to have. And as I said, their form since the turn of the year has been outstanding. So that points to them being able to carry on what they've been doing. The only thing I would say is maybe... In a way, it's it's been so good in so good form in a short period of time that you almost wonder if it's just going to fall away at the end. I don't know if, if that makes sense, really. But they've they've been pushing on so hard and they've they've excelled really from from where they were probably last season. I don't know if you think that's fair, but you know they've really taken things on and seeing it out over these last six games is is so tough. I think Bournemouth and I think Middlesbrough will find that out, and I, I actually think that part of the reason why Derby have started struggling because of the uh, the psychological impact of last season has almost caught up with them at this end of the season mm. when they were in the mix but not sort of running away with it like they probably hoped they would be having come so close last year. So um, I suppose that experience of trying to, to push themselves over the line. That said, I wouldn't want to come up against Watford in the playoffs because they, they do score goals and they do tend to do really well, you know, in when you come up against them. Although their record against the top sides isn't that good, I suppose. Isn't we it? we owe you one, though, I guess Michael. you guys are a little bit worried about it. <laughs> we, we owe you one, don't we? We'll be ready and waiting if we get you in the playoffs. Don't you worry uh, about that. Just uh, before we let you go, then, Michael, and thanks very much for joining us this evening. We're going to get you to put your no money problem. where your mouth is. Who's going to finish first? Who's going to finish second? And who's going to win the playoffs? OK, I, I have to say... That's going to sound terrible, isn't it? I, I honestly do think that Norwich are going to go up in the top two... I do think they're probably going to win it as well because I just think that it's about time they grabbed things by the scruff of the neck. I probably think Bournemouth will um, hang on just because of their run-in. Um, I'm not really sure if I want to see them go up, but I think they probably will. And I'll say Watford will do everyone in the playoffs and make up for uh, not beating them in the uh, regular season. Lovely. You just got, we've got Steve Fletcher from Bournemouth coming on later, Michael. So why, why in, just out of interest, didn't you want, but don't you want Bournemouth to go up? <laughs> I, oh, that's what it means, isn't it? Well, I, I'm, I've, I've enjoyed watching them, them play at times this year. I think they, uh, they do things kind of the right way. I think they do make the most of this little old Bournemouth thing when, yeah. in fairness, they have quite a lot of money behind them. They, they're quite bankrolled. They're paying a lot of money for Kenwin Jones to come in. I think they play off that a, li- a little bit. But, um, uh, in, yeah, and, and there's just a bit... I think they, they, they feel they're very good and, and 
they feel they, they have an almost arrogance about them at times. But you know, you need that, and Norwich have that as well, to be honest. So um, I'm probably just uh, being a bit subjective. I'm not supposed to do that, am I? But, um, <laughs> you know, to be to be fair to them, they, they've they've played so well. They've they've scored a lot of goals and. Um, I think it would be very interesting to see what they would do in the, in the Premier League, actually. So perfect. We uh, can, well, there we go. We we can say nice things to Steve Fletcher now. You're just safe. You're off the Absolutely, hook, yeah. Michael. Oh, thank thank <laughs> goodness. Thanks so much for joining us. Enjoy the rest of the season if you can, and uh, remember to watch out if we get you in the playoffs because we're, we're we're ready for you. Absolutely. Should speak again then if it happens. Definitely. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Michael. Cheers, Anton. Best. Cheers for now. A podcast by Watford fans for Watford fans. This is from the Rookery End. Silver FM 87.9, playing the best music for the past 25 years. That one, of course, for Alman Abdi. Get well soon, Alman, if you're listening. Yes, please get well soon. There's some big, important games coming up for Watford. Uh, we are from the Rookery End. We're three lifelong Watford fans, season ticket holders of the Rookery End. Uh, my name is John. With me is Mike. Good evening. And uh, Jason. Good evening. And in the background, coming back later, is Dave. Say hi, Dave. Hi, Dave. Uh, and we'll be uh, chatting about Watford for another hour here on Silver FM. Uh, normally, you can download us as a podcast, uh, but we're doing a live radio show. Isn't it exciting? Uh, joining us on the phone now, what can only be described as a Watford legend. And I'm gonna, the first question I'm going to ask him is, is he going to be on the Watford Masters team when he retires? Paul Robinson, are you there, Paul? Yeah, how are you doing, you OK? Yes, very good. So, Paul, technically, I looked at statistics on you, and your most appearances you made for one club is still Watford. So when yes. you finally retire which is probably in about 50 years' time, um, will you, will you uh, officially on the radio say that if there's ever a Legends game going on and what, it's Watford against someone else, you will represent Watford? Can we take that from you right now? You can get a good answer from me right now and I would definitely accept a Masters uh, appearance for Watford, yeah. OK, that's brilliant. Um, uh, thank you again for, for joining us uh, on, on tonight's show. Um, You've got, you got a book out, haven't you? There's a book about you coming out. I have, yeah. I have got it. Um, it came out yesterday on, on, um, on Amazon, which was very interesting. But, um, but it's down as an autobiography, but it's not really. It's a biography because Keith Dixon, who, who writes books in the Birmingham area, wanted to do a book on me. Um, and it's basically him writing about me and, and my, the clubs I've been at and, and just my life experiences during football. OK, so, Paul, we're on a community-related station here, and the first question I want to ask you is a, uh, a community-related one. The first time I saw you play was in the English Schools Cup final in 1995 at Tranmere for St Michael's School in Garston. Um, was that yeah. your first big game, and what do you remember about that day? Yeah, that was my first big game, and, um, and yeah, obviously it was, a, it was a great experience for not just me, but us as a school, um, I think in history we've we've never got that far, and, and to get to the final was a fantastic achievement, and 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 to draw it and and to share the cup was was even better. So, yeah, I remember the day really clearly, and it was it was a great game, and and it was it was an end to end game, and and a game that each team um, both give a, give their all during it, and and in the end it probably was a fair result that we drew it. Jason hasn't missed one of your games uh, yet. <laughs> this is like a real Alan Partridge moment. Jason's been to every pool run together. Now, uh, Paul, just to go back to your book briefly, we, I've never met you, um, so I'm calling you Paul, yep. but, but the book's called Robbo, Unsung Hero. When talking about you, I've never called you anything but Robbo. So do you mind for the rest of the interview if we refer to you as Robbo? 
No, not at all. Because I think <laughs> that's what you are to Watford fans. Now. So I think it's, it's only fair that, that we refer to you as such. Robbo, you, your, first, yep. um, your first game for Watford was, was, of course, against Luton. Do you think that, that set you on the course to being a bona fide Watford legend? Yeah, I think so. And, and, and I think what helped was a massive respect has got to go out to Graham Taylor for, for giving me that opportunity. Um, he believed in me as a, as a young lad through the academy, like he did so many, and he, and he gave us all the, the chance to prove ourselves in, in a league that's very difficult at the time. It was, it was such a tough league. And, and after two minutes, he tells me to go and warm up because Dom Ludden's pulled his hamstring. I, I started to panic a little bit. And asked, <laughs> I asked some of the other young lads who was on the bench if I could quickly just go and change my pants quickly because I was really that nervous. <laughs> um, but yeah, but, but like you say, to, to, to be put in, in, in that environment against your local rivals at the time, it, it was just for me, it was just go on there and, and do what I do best and, 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 and learn off the best in which, which Graham Taylor did. And he believed in me, so it was great. And what, and what is it like playing in a, in a derby game with Luton? Yeah, it's very, obviously it's very fiery and, and very passionate and, and, and like you say, it's an eye-opener because you always watch them on the telly and you always wonder what they're going to be like when you're playing them and, and, and to get the opportunity to play in it for me, but it was just an incredible feeling. Yeah, I was nervous at the time, um, but once I got into the game and, and once I had all the support of all the players, it, it made me feel at ease. And I think it's fair to say that if we were going to play Luton tomorrow, Watford would probably want a team of 11 Paul Robinsons going into the game. It's fair to say you had a, had a, had a certain reputation as being pretty, pretty tough tackling, you don't take any nonsense. Do you, and we obviously loved you for that, and, and, and the teams you've gone on to play for love you for that as well. But do you think that, that goes against you from time to time when you're out on the pitch, 50-50s going against you? Yeah, I think it does. Um, I think, obviously, once you get that reputation, it's, it's hard for referees to forget that. Um, it's not. It's not what they think of you as a player. It's. It's like you say. It's your reputation on the pitch and and what you can be like. So, I'm a little bit disappointed with that because of, as I've got older, I've I've, I've tend to, to sort of try and play good good style of football and, and and get on the ball and and try and be a calmer influence around the younger lads in the team. But but I'm never gonna. I'm never going to get that respect off referees and, and it was, it's a shame really. Talking of referees, um, a few years into your career at Watford we had the playoff success. Obviously in the first leg against Birmingham you received a red card. What was it like having to watch the second leg uh, as, a, as a fan? Yeah, the second leg was obviously, I was disappointed at the time. Um, but like you say, it's football and these things happen. And, um, but for me to sit with the, to sit with the, the Watford fans at, away at Birmingham was, was unbelievable. It was, a, it was a great atmosphere. It was very tense. Um, and like, when, you, when you go to a place like St Andrews, it can, it can, be, a, it can be a horrible, it can be a horrible place, um, place when, all the, when all the fans are right behind them and, and they get behind their team. So um, for me watching it, it was, it was, it was, it was no buying, especially when it went to the penalty shootout. After Watford, Paul, you've gone on to play for, for Birmingham, you've played for, played for Leeds, and they're traditionally tough places to go for away sides. As you, as you mentioned, they're very partisan crowds. What's it yeah. like playing in front of a, a crowd like that? Is it, I guess sometimes it makes it easier, sometimes it makes it harder? No, I love it. I, yeah. I, 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 I love it. I love it when fans give me abuse. <laughs> for, me, for me, it jeers me up and, and, and makes it even more better to rub it in their faces at the end of the game. So, but, that, but for me, it's just banter. Um, it's part and part of the football. It's how you deal with it individually as a person, and 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 that's it. And it's it, for me, it's just good banter. John, John mentioned at the top of the show what you've still played most games for Watford, so we're claiming you for one of our own, really, uh, <laughs> Robbo. 
It, what's it like playing against? I know you've got affection. Well, I'm assuming you've got still got quite a lot of affection for Watford. What's it like when you when you play against them? Do you are you feel conflicted at all, or do you actually raise your game to, to turn in a good a good performance against Watford? No, I'm just I'm just me. Whatever team we play for, we get three points. My home's again. Um, you know, I love going back to Watford because that's where I was born and bred, and and to um, to, to see the fans again and, and to play against your home team is always a special moment. But we tend to just go out and play my own game and if, if my own game's not good enough on the day, uh, at least if I know I'll come off that pitch and I give 100% then, then, I'm, then I'm happy, but obviously at the end of the day I'd rather that we get three points but I'm we- we spoke to uh, a couple of the uh, ex-players recently, one uh, being Tommy Smith. And, and you, you guys looking back on the club at the moment, looking back when uh, you know, all the, the, you know, the new owners, the Pozzos, bringing all these international players. You, know, you and, T- and Tommy came through the system. Um, you, you, know, you, you went through and, and, and from being, what, I don't know, how old were you? 10, 8 when you first joined Watford? And then you, 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 all the way through to the first team. How do you look at yeah. Watford now from the, from the outside? Well, yeah, times have moved on and, and new owners have different ideas and, and different players they want to bring in. Obviously, I'm disappointed because when you look at it, it's not just one, it's most clubs, that there's not a lot, there is not a lot of youth coming through. English youth players, British players that we want to see playing for our homegrown countries. For me, it, there's just not enough and, and they're not getting that opportunity um, for, for whatever reasons that is, I don't know, but it, it's just disappointing to it. We, we've had a few tweets um, come in, Paul, just asking about your your departure from Watford, and it was it was a massive sh- shock, and a lot of people were very disappointed when you left to, to leave West Brom. How yeah. how, do, how can you just give us a little bit? I know this is probably in the book, so we don't want to give too much away, but a little bit about how that came about and how you actually felt about about making that move. Well, well for me, it was it was a shock um, to get to get a phone call on the Sunday night to say you've been sold to West Brom, and I had no option. I had no no saying it whatsoever was it was something that you would never you, you could never imagine um, obviously the disappointing thing about it was we we just moved house um, our baby was six months old with Luke our first child and and we'd literally just moved in and then to be told that you've been sold and we had to move on as quick as possible was was tough times for us because we had all our family around us we, we relied on our family when we were there as for, for, for Luke especially being brought up with his grandparents and to be told that you had to uh, to move to West Brom, obviously it's a, it was a it was a very difficult time for us. Um, but for me, in a footballing sense, and and to learn to to learn at a different club and learn a different culture, style of play was was exciting. But but obviously at the at the time it was it was the way everything was done was just very disappointing. And whilst you were at West Brom, you had the great escape of two thousand and five. How did that compare to your promotion successes? Oh, it's up there with everything. I mean, the highlights are just that I've been so fortunate in my career that I've been lucky to, to do everything um, and, and to do the great escape in, in difficult circumstances and to be told that you're down at Christmas is, is, it is it's, just, it's just something that you, you, couldn't, you couldn't write it really to the way it happened. I mean, just to rub it in all them people's faces that told us that we were down and, and rubbing it in our faces, saying you're the worst club in the Premier League, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It was just so nice to, to have that feeling at the end of it, to know that we'd survived, and it was it was just an unbelievable feeling. But yeah, as you say, it goes with all my promotions that I've had and um, and, and everything else that I've achieved in my career so far. Well, as Watford supporters, uh, Robert, we're looking for another memorable end to this season. Difficult for you to answer this as a as a sort of a competitor, I guess. But hand yeah. on heart, do you think Watford will go up this year? 
I do, I do. I, I fancy Watford to go up um, automatic promotion. Uh, they've had a, they've had a, they've had a great great end to the as you say the great end to the, the end of the season. They've come on strong and watching them last night on the telly uh, with ten men, they 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 still caused Derby lots of problems and and I thought they could have gone on to win the game. So I, I, I honestly believe that they'll go up automatic this year, but I don't want to put a. <laughs> I don't want to put a jinx on them. You've done it now. You've done it now. Yeah, I've done it now. <laughs> we're all, we're you're, all fist you'll, you'll lose against us, so that'll be that'll be minus three points, and then <laughs> and then that's it. And you you can go and win all the other games. I'm not bothered. Uh, awesome, Robo. Absolutely fantastic. Remind us again. What's the book called? Where can we get it from? How much is it going to cost us? The books. Uh, the book's called uh, Robo Unsung Hero, and it's written by Keith Dixon. Um, and you can get it from any any well it'll be on the it'll be online anywhere now it's on Amazon on the ebooks so you can download it now if you want to it's totally up to you but <laughs> i'm hoping that everyone enjoys it it's a good read i mean it's not my it's not my whole life story it's just my, the way obviously because i'm still playing i knew i had to be a little bit careful with uh mentioning a few people but uh, so will there be will there be a second uh, official there will, there will be there will be eventually my autobiography coming out because I think it's uh, it'd be ideal to sort of let my life story out of of my football and how much I love it and etc. But this is mainly just, I think it's a good read for younger for the okay. for the up and coming professionals that are playing the game. I think it's a great read for them. And how how closely does it does it mirror the? Do you, I don't know if you remember uh, Robbo the, uh, the the series in one of the Watford fanzines. I think it was Look at the Stars. And there was the uh, yeah, the secret diaries of Paul Robinson when you were the portrayed as the fearless booterer. Is it, was that, <laughs> yeah, was, that exactly. accurate, was that an accurate was that an accurate portrayal? I think, I think this one might put a little bit more of a, a, a nicer way of me. This one. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, thanks, thanks again, Paul. Robbo, no, sorry. sorry. <laughs> um, That's all right. Uh, good luck with the book and uh, have a great rest of the season. Apart from when you visit Vicarage Road in a couple of weeks' time. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Uh, it's Silver FM 87.9 we are from the Rookery End uh, this is our Watford show until 8 o'clock tonight uh, and we're going to be st- speaking to a few more of our close rivals in the in the promotion coming up in the next how many weeks? four? not long to go now not is long it? to go of the season left to go hi I'm Ketchyanya and you're listening to from the Rookery End it's coming to the end of the season I've, I've got this I keep thinking we, it's like the, the season's finishing, but there are still six massive games to go. But we have to start voting soon, Michael, on the player of the season. Uh, and, it's, of course, it is the officially the Watford Observer player of the season. And voting has started on their website. And joining us on the phone is uh, Deputy Sports Editor Frank Smith. Good evening, Frank. Good evening. Good evening. Um, so, it's quick, first of all, how can people vote? Um, if they go on to our website... Um, They'll be able to find the, the link there, um, and it's pretty on. It's a sort of simple online form, and you can. It's a dual form to do with um, the goal of the season and the player of the season. So it's a it's a simple method to vote, Frank, but not quite a, as an easy decision to decide who wins it. Who give us a quick rundown of the runners and riders, and uh, who you think might be in pole position? So I think probably the last couple of months has meant I'm pretty confident. I think Troy will win it again. Um, I think he's he's had the odd spell where he maybe hasn't been at, at you know at his peak, but on the whole he's been relatively consistent. Um, the only, there's been sort of spells where people have been exceptional. I think um, obviously Vadigalo who had an unbelievable run, but then for three or four months before that he maybe didn't contribute a lot. Um, you've had people like Vidra who have had really hot spells, um, and but then have had real sort of low low periods as well. Um, the only other player who I can think of who's been really consistent throughout has probably been Craig Cathcart. 
Um, I think he's probably been a bit of an kind of an unsung hero but then in the last month or so I think a lot of fans have kind of started really acknowledging how well he's been playing but um, I thought, to be honest I'd imagine it'll be Troy I can't see I think I think Cathcart will get quite a lot of votes I think but I think Troy will probably win it if you know I, I, if, if I was you know if I was to vote myself I think I'd probably go Troy first and then Cathcart second uh, yeah I uh, I think you I probably agree with you top two. I'm not convinced on what order I'd have them in yet. I, I still think Cathcart has been most consistent. I, I think yeah. the most interesting thing about this, this particular vote is that, and you alluded to it there, Frank, was that there is a lot of players who have put in good chunks, so they've performed well for, for a couple of months or, or a month here and a month there. There hasn't quite been the consistency that, as you mentioned, Troy has done, he's, he's chipped in with the goals and I think he, he's done well in sort of dragging Watford through some of the some of the games and a bit of chest beating and so on and so forth. But interesting that sort of, it's almost another situation where the sum of our parts has been greater to the to the whole, hasn't it? Jason, I know you want to yeah, come I on Yeah, I think you talk about players chipping in. It's a squad game uh, these days as well, isn't it? So players will not get long runs in the, in the side. We, we're looking at Igalo now and the fantastic performances he's put in since Christmas but just wasn't involved at all really earlier on in the season Dave what do you think yeah you can't disagree with the names so far I think possibly I would go I'd go with Agarlo I don't know I just I know what you're saying Frank about the the start of the season he wasn't quite there but since he got himself into the side he's been absolutely superb and he and he he showed up again the other night whereas Troy Deeney's had a spell there ended up with him being left out of the side and I don't know it, it just for me it's probably a guy the only other name that I'd throw in that I haven't heard is Aurelio Gomez because I think Gomez last night obviously he was absolutely outstanding and he was very very instrumental in us holding on to that point but I think throughout the season he's been a very very reliable goalkeeper he's been a very good goalkeeper and what's happened in front of him hasn't always been the best I think some of our defense some of the mistakes we make in the defensive third of the field have contributed to the reason we're not already celebrating automatic promotion but Gomez for me has been the other excellent excellent candidate for player of the season I think so yeah he's, he has put in some great performances and it's difficult for keepers because when they make a mistake they get highlighted a lot more than when they when they have good solid games uh, you talked about Derby last night I think it was Blackburn at home as well where yeah. he had an absolutely brilliant performance and we nicked a 1-0 and for me he was man of the match that day Frank you've seen you've seen pretty much every single one of Watford's games this year what are your thoughts on Gomez? Yeah, I had a similar conversation with somebody a few weeks ago where um, he was sort of arguing that Gomez makes quite a few mistakes. But I think on the whole, he's been very, very consistent. He, you're almost guaranteed at least once a game, he's probably going to come for a cross and you think, geez, don't, you know, what are you doing there sort of thing. But on the whole, he, you know, he makes saves that I think very few keepers at this level make. And like you say, he's definitely kept them in a lot of games. Um, and yeah, I think he'd definitely be in my he'd definitely be in my top three. Um, and like you know, I think you know six games still to go. I, again, if if Agarlo plays all six and you know scores some crucial goals, then he might well sort of nick it. But I don't know. I've got a feeling he might not maybe play. Mm. I don't know whether he will be as instrumental in the next six games as maybe um, maybe he has been in previous months. Cause I think Vidra's obviously showed a lot of you know get a decent form anyway to sort of really challenge his position but I think yeah I think for me the top three would be kind of Dini, Cathcart and Gomez and there's still six games to go isn't there so yeah I don't think Igalo the thing about and I'm kind of with with Dave to a degree on this is, is that 
he he almost symbolised the crest of a wave that got took us back to the top of the league and got us all believing again. And he he was playing football with a smile on his face. He was confident. He was scoring goals in big games and scoring regularly. And he just he was almost the poster boy of our of our sort mm. of resurgence, wasn't he? And I think that there's a lot of good uh, good feeling towards Igalo from that point of view. But I think that that little conversation there gives us all real reason to be confident for the end of the season because we've mentioned a, a whole host of names. We haven't mentioned people like Alma Nabdi, uh, Daniel. Toja and, and Guardiola I can never get his name right so I've just said that really quickly but, um, but looking to the, ne- the next six games we've got all that talent all over the pitch which is fantastic the other, the other big award that gets decided of course is goal of the season quick, uh, quick uh, thoughts on your, on your favourite there Frank I missed the Cardiff game where Guardiola scored get out um, and which I think <laughs> is quite, which I think is the one that a lot of people are talking about for me the the Alman and Abdi's at Fulham was pretty special, um, but yeah, I think I wouldn't be surprised if, the, if it's the Guardiola one with Cardiff. But personally, like I say, because I wasn't there, Alman's uh, Alman's goal at, um, at Fulham was was one for me. The, the speed at which he got it out of his feet and found the top corner that, that, that's the one for me. I think. I'll tell you my goal of the season now. It's uh, Matty Vidra's 68th minute strike away at Brighton to win us. The championship title. <laughs> that is going to be some goal. Frank, thanks so much for joining us. Um, always good to talk to you. Just a quick one. What for going to go up? Yes or no? Yes. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Frank. Catch up soon. Brilliant. Thanks a lot. Cheers, guys. Bye bye. Dave, uh, you are the, uh, the, the one of the managers of uh, Watford Internet FC, that's right. Yes, that's right. And you played early today against Leighton Orient. We How did. did that go? We did. It was our 20th game of the season. Um, that's the mark of the league games that we can play every year in the league we play. Uh, we won 3-1, so we were delighted about that. Um, we've had a really good season, actually. We've probably only lost about five games. I haven't got the exact numbers in my head. How many, though? Six? 20. No, OK, 20. 20. 20. Sorry. And it includes, <laughs> it's only been two defeats since November. And both of those were against West Brom, who are one of the best sides in the uh, in the Internet League that we play in. So we're pretty pleased with it, to be honest. It's been a good season. Uh, and you're all Watford fans? And- yep, all Watford fans. Um, most of us are season ticket holders. There's one or two that aren't for family reasons and commitments and things. But most people will go to the game straight from playing our matches in the morning. It's actually... Uh, very close to being our 18th birthday as well. We've got one month until it'll be 18 years since our first ever game, which That's be a party makes me half. and quite a lot of the people that play for the team feel very, very old. You but feel old. I said I started on this radio station about when I was 16 years old, and the kids who are on it now are 16 years old, and I feel very, very old yeah. working with them at the moment. We've got to put this. Uh, this. Um, so, if, if, are you after what for fans get involved? Yeah, if they like any, anybody that goes to our website www.watfordifc.com, it's only one digit different from the main Watford website. Yeah, but yeah, there's all, all sorts of information on there about us and what we've done over the years and how people can get involved if they're interested. So take a look. So Tommy Hoban's party. We've got to put this to get this sorted. Yes. What's what's going on with Tommy Hoban's party? First of all. On the invitation list so far, we know that it's going to be um, uh, uh, Ben Watson's going, and so is Minari. Why do you reckon they've been invited? It's a really good question. I can only assume <laughs> that it's something to do with the fact that they're both midfield workaholics. Right. And perhaps they'll be relied upon to be the most interesting people at the party, and they'll be there and... Dancing and getting involved right from the off. I don't know. Judging from, judge from last night, Ben Watson will probably be late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Minari, I'm, I'm thinking he looks. He has a cool element to him. Maybe he's the man who's going to you know bring the cool tunes. I reckon he'll be in charge of. 
I think he'll be an overseer. He'll look after the whole thing. He think he host. Yeah, him and him and Daniel Tozer. I think they're very compare. Yeah, well, they're very elegant. They're very in charge. Very in control. And Minari doesn't mind getting up and down. He'll he, he'll be involved. I was thinking sommelier. Oh, Jason. Bailey. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Let's have some lovely words sometimes. <laughs> um, it's, uh, so we, we want to decide what's going to go on this party. Uh, first suggestion so far, uh, this came from Tim Rose, about Jacob Rose 6 and Luke 3, so there should definitely be KP cheesy footballs to eat and Troy has to be invited to the party. I don't know about Troy. Would he just be... Would he just, I reckon he's too cool and he'd be just in the corner. He wouldn't get involved with the dancing. Yeah, right. well, good, sure. good luck telling him he's not invited, John. I'm not, not inviting him. I'm just saying he might not be like that. Yeah. Time for uh, more of our insight into the contenders around us in the Championship. Who's going up? Who's going to uh, go up with us? And I'm going to stay there. Who's going to go up with us? Uh, and on the phone now uh, is from, uh, from Bournemouth is Steve Fletcher. Good evening, Steve. Good evening. How are you doing? Very well. Um, yeah, you are uh, the Chief Scout, is that right? Uh, well, head of UK recruitment is okay. my official title, and uh, ambassador of the club. Yes, yeah, so I've got two jobs. Keep me busy. It's good. We've had a, we've had a couple of Watford legends on, uh, Steve. So it's nice to have a bona fide uh, Bournemouth legend on. What, what's it like for you at this stage of the game? You, you've been in and around the club for for a long time now. The, the club are seriously um, looking at the Premier League now. How is it? How hard has it been for you personally and for the club to come to terms with being real genuine contenders? Well, like you say, we have been uh, in and around it now um, since the turn of the year, if not a little bit before. So, listen, it's alien to us uh, as a club uh, and as a team. But I think after three months now, we know what it's all about. Um, we'd give ourselves a massive opportunity of getting to the promised land, which would be the first time in the club's history. I mean, when we got promoted to the championship two seasons ago, it was only the second time in the club's history. So... Mm. It's not a place we're familiar with, and, and the Premier League seemed a million, million miles away. But we're in touching distance, and to be honest, it is in our own hands as such. We've got six games. Like everyone will be sitting around us, six cup finals. Um, it, it's nerve-wracking. I mean, I'm off scouting watching games. But I've got my phone on every two or three minutes. I'm refreshing the app to see what the score is. It, it, it is. It's nerve-wracking for everyone, and it's great. It must be enjoyable at times, but for the fans, the players, the management, um, I don't know what they're going through because although I had some great times at Bournemouth with some promotions, there was nothing on the magnitude of what we're, we're um, experiencing at the moment. But it's, it's, it's all great. It's put Bournemouth on the map. It's turned us from a little South Coast club into you know, candidates of almost, a, dare I say, a Premier League uh, Outfit. We were debating earlier on the show. Uh, it, it, do we want Watford to go up? We we did say yes in the end, but it's, it's a different place. Now you say, you know, you you haven't been ever ever had a, a, a spell in the in the top division. Um, we had two recently, which weren't particularly fun. Do you really want to go up? Do you think it's a good thing? Well, absolutely, we do. I mean, <laughs> I do get asked this question a lot because people say, "Are you what well, one? Are, are you ready as a club to go up? Two, do you?" Is it, is it time for you to go up? As in, are the players ready? Is it too early? Um, there's no time like the present. I mean, what are we going to turn around and say, in all honesty, we're we going to turn around and go, no, I tell you what, it's it's too early, we're not going to go because, you know, we might not have a great campaign next season and people say, core, they had the opportunity last season, why didn't they take it? So you have to you have to deal with the here and now and we have an owner who has big ambitions for the club Um Yes, we're probably about a year or two ahead of schedule than what even 
the owner anticipated, never mind the management and the staff, but we've got a massive opportunity. You can't turn it down. Um, what, what will be will be in the Premiership, and yeah, there'll be a, a lot of reorganising and <laughs> pressing the panic button on us in a few situations, I'm sure, but... A lot, a lot more UK recruitment. Not yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and obviously, <laughs> my job ten times harder. So, in your in your scouting role, Steve, you've obviously seen a lot of football this year. Are there any teams you're worried about in the championship in the running? Either teams that Bournemouth have to face still, or, or teams that you think still might beat Bournemouth to automatic automatic promotion. Well, as it is, we haven't got any of the top seven or eight to play um, from now in the last final six games. But that doesn't mean it's any easier because every team, as we know in the championship, and how unpredictable it is. Mm-hmm can pose their own problems. Um, the only good thing we have in our favour a little bit is some of the teams, like yourselves, how, are playing the teams in and around them. So somewhere along the line, someone's going to pick up points and drop points whilst they're playing each other, um, which, like I said earlier, leaves it in our own hands as such. Um, yeah. we, we, we are no, we're under no illusion of the company we're keeping. We look at all the teams around us, not just how tight it is, but the stature of them teams from yourself, you know, Norwich... You know, Ipswich, Middlesbrough, some massive clubs, Wolves. There's some great clubs and they're all within five or six points of each other. And you're right, if anyone goes and wins six out of six, they will be promoted from now. And I think you could even include the top six or seven teams in that because teams are going to take points off each other when they're playing each other. And um, I think anyone who can win six will definitely get promoted. And that goes right down to the teams in, in maybe in six and seven. And I think out of ourselves... Nor- the top four, which is ourselves, Middlesbrough, you set yourselves, and Norwich, I think five out of six will definitely do yeah. it, and you could even maybe get a draw. But it's so unpredictable. You, can- you know, I sit down every night, and I'm sure you do yourself. <laughs> yeah. if, this, if this happens, and that goes our way, and if we win this game, but the championship is unpredictable at the best of times, so God knows what these last final six games it's, have in store for us. It's superb. Now, Steve, we're, we're a Watford supporters um, podcast. We've been fielding questions from, from Watford supporters all evening, and we've had yeah. a couple come in that, that, that they've asked us to ask you. Steve, talk to okay. us about Bournemouth <laughs> and penalties. Now, we had a quick look before we came on air. Do you know how many Bournemouth have had this year? Double figures? Are we yeah, in double figures? Th- you've had 14. Do you know, and do you know what the division average is? Probably about six. Well, it's under five, Steve Fletcher. Under five. <laughs> so what on earth is going on down at Bournemouth to get all these penalties? And, and, and instantly you, you've given away one as well. So, yeah, well, that's good That's good on the defensive side of things. <laughs> and obviously, to get 14, that must mean we're doing something right in the attacking, in the attacking half. But somebody said this to us last season. And um, I remember watching a programme and someone said, after last season's review, they said, Bournemouth can't rely on the penalties. Because I think we got maybe a dozen penalties last season. And um, well, it just proves we can because we've actually went and beat that. So we must be doing something right in, in and around the opposition box. We've got sharp players. We play the football or the style of football we play does entice defenders into challenges. And yeah, it's way above the average. I do understand that. And you're not going to get 14, 15 every season. But like I say, we got double figures last season. We got yeah. 14 this. So serious question. Serious question then, Steve. Sorry, sorry to cut you off, but. Um, you, you do see some, and you see you see commentators and, and pundits saying, "Well, well, you see them given there's contact, and and you know if you were playing on a Sunday afternoon, for example, and some of these decisions, and not not just Bournemouth, or in around the whole of football, and you were playing, and one was given against you, you'd presumably as an ex-pro, you'd you'd be furious at, at some of these decisions that are getting given. Well, you know, well, it's, it started years ago, didn't it, with people going down so easily in the box, and you know, this is a 
this is something that has, has been happening in, in our game for, for 10, 15 years now. Uh, and, it, and is it part of the game? Is that acceptable? It's part of the game. Well, listen, it wasn't part of the game really when I was in my prime. No, you know, I would try and stay on my feet, but yeah. it's not acceptable by no means. And, you know, you could talk about this subject all night, but yeah. it's part and parcel of the game. So what are you going to do? If you get pulled on your shirt and you go down and it's so important to get a result, are you going to, are you going to go to the ground? The, the, the chances are majority of players in this day and age will. How are you going to, like I say, eradicate that out of the game? I don't know because it happens from the top with the Barcelonas and the Chelsea's right down to... The teams in, in League Two, so yeah, yes, is it, a lot of lot of penalties we've had, but I think most of them have been justified. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the odd one or two, and I can understand the opposition teams around saying, "Well, Bournemouth are, uh, are getting too many penalties, and, and things are going for them rather than against them." But I think every team will say things are different about everybody else and yeah. when things happen, and you get a bit of luck. But you deserve your look at the end of the day, and whatever happens at the end of the season, we can look back and go. You know, you, you worked hard for what you got, and I think every team has to justify that. I think that's a fair point, Steve. We've asked you a tough question. We'll give you a slightly easier one now um, to, to wrap up. Well, two to wrap up with. If you could sign a Watford player to, to, to take down to the Gold Sands for the rest of the season, who would it be? <laughs> and and finally, the last one: your predictions for first, second, and and playoff winners. Oh, we've got a sign. Oh dear, I've watched Watford a few times. I love going down to Watford. Ian, actually, that far from Bournemouth is one of my smaller journeys. Um, I've seen them quite a few times this season. I'm glad since I retired. Who would I sign? Listen, your main man is a lot of teams would love him in their team, wouldn't they, Troy Deeney? Yeah. I mean, I love Vidra, but I think um, Troy Deeney. If I had to pick one, he's a goal. He's a, he's a match winner. Um, and my prediction for first, second, and third. I'm obviously going to say us first. I mean, even if I didn't actually think it in my heart, heart, but I do. I do think we were capable. Good man. Of finishing first, and honestly, you could put the rest of the five or six below and put them in a bag and shuffle them around. I don't know. Um, I think, with no disrespect to Watford, and I seen you last night. I watched the game and I thought you were awesome. Um, the way you came back with ten men, you can't rule you out. One hundred percent can't rule you out. I just think Norwich is strong, and I. They keep winning and they're capable of probably going winning six out, like I said earlier, the six out of the next six. So my prediction will be Bournemouth first, Norwich second. We were liking you for a while there, Steve. Sorry about that. We were. I'm going to upset a few people. (laughs) But honestly, it could be one of five, six, seven even. I mean, it is... I don't know. I'll probably change my mind next week. (laughs) (laughs) That's the beauty of the championship. Steve, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. We know how busy you are. So thanks for coming on. Good luck for the rest of the season. Um, Enjoy it. And we'll see you in the Premier League because you got it wrong. Watford first, Bournemouth second and Norwich in the playoffs. (laughs) I'll settle for the reverse of that. Bournemouth first. (laughs) (laughs) Done deal. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Steve. Thanks a lot. A podcast made by Watford fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. Pretty fly for a white guy, especially for Watford manager uh, Slav um, Jukanovic. Jukanovic, yeah, and he did look pretty fly in those pictures. I don't use read, read the Daily Mail, but that picture of him in his in his suit drinking a cup of tea, I think he looked absolutely magnificent. What? I didn't see that. Was it a cup or was it a saucer? Cup and a saucer. Sat legs crossed in his, in his suit out on the training field uh, drinking a cup of tea. He looked on the magn- training field on the training ground. Yeah, he looked. I ma- thought you were going to say he was in like some posh hotel having no, no, afternoon no. tea. I was going to say he looked magnificent, but he looked Slavnis. No, anyway. Okay. Magnificent. Especially for you, Slav. Thanks for all the work you're doing. Uh, Keep right. it up, though. Keep it up, yeah. Six games to go. And the next game is against Middlesbrough. And joining us on the phone is Dominic Shaw 
Dominic, are you there? Hi, fellas. We're gonna, we're, we're gonna, we can't be nice to you, Dominic. Okay, there's a big game. There's a yeah. lot riding on it. It is. It is. It's a, it's a huge game. It, well, I mean, every every game is at this point, but it's uh, the, the, the team's the league seems to be throwing up some crackers every time there's a there's a fixture at the minute, doesn't there? So, and Watford Borough certainly the pick of the games on Monday. And, and how do you think Middlesbrough are going to approach this one, Dominic? Um, I mean, it's it's to be honest, I, I half expected. I mean, Karanka's, um, you know, he doesn't need a second invite to rotate his his team, and I half expected him to make a few more changes to the game against Wigan yesterday, but the team that he played yesterday was as, as strong as a team as he could have selected, and you know, the likes of Woodgate, you know, will Woodgate play two games in four days, it's uh, you know, he's only played four games all season, so, uh, but it'll be the same as, I mean, you know, it's um, Borough kind of made, uh, set up the play away from home, because they're, they're um, dangerous on the break you know they sit back they've got two sitting midfielders in Ledbetter and Clayton who sit in front of the defence and, and they've got pace to burn on the break with the Doma and uh, and Vossen if he plays Vossen Tomlin's dangerous on the break Bamford up front so uh, I don't think he'll change anything um, but it's certainly perfectly poised and it should be a good game Dominic you're, you're obviously from the, you work for the Middles, Middlesbrough Gazette so you've seen you've seen pretty much every Middlesbrough game this year and, you, and I guess yeah. you have to keep your, your eye on the championship if you could if you could loan a Watford player in if you could sign a Watford player for the for the running, who would you have? Who are you scared uh, of? Who are you scared of I on think, Monday? I think, I mean, you look at the three strikers. Karanka made a point of, of talking about the strikers after the game yesterday. But for me, uh, Troy Deeney would, would suit uh, Borough. You know, uh, Borough play kind of one target, one front man with three playing off him. And I think Deeney would be perfect for that. Um, so, But I think, you know, uh, Deeney, Vidra, Gallo, take your pick from any of them. I think any of the other championship sides would have, would have any of them, wouldn't they, at the minute? Would you would you think um, Middlesbrough fans would take a draw from uh, Monday's game? I think they would. Um, I, I think you know Borough's, Borough's running is tough. Uh, we've got Wolves at home, um, but we have got some some w- very winnable games. But we've got Watford away, obviously, and Norwich away. Um, mm-hmm. I think if we can avoid defeat in those two games, then it looks far like Borough fans. Would. If you'd have offered four points out of six before Wigan and Watford, they'd have, uh, they'd have snapped your hand off. So do you think it's better to be playing your promotion rivals at this stage of the season then, or would you prefer sort of those teams that have got not much to play for? Well, this is the thing, isn't it? I mean, you know, obviously you look at, we've got Rotherham to come next week as well, but at this stage of the season, uh, you want Bournemouth to run in, you know, the, the Chef Wednesdays, don't you? The Reddings, the sides who are, uh, I think, you know, you don't want to be playing for teams who are scrapping for the lives because Millwall will pull a, pull a result out like they did uh, yesterday. Um, so you want and Bournemouth have got the running haven't they but uh, weird things happen don't they at this stage of the season it's, I think it's gone beyond the point of trying to predict what's going to happen now so I think yesterday was the 21st time the league's changed hands this season which is just crazy well we're going to push you for a prediction we're going to um, you, you know do, do you think Middlesbrough do have it to stay there or do you think it, it, it's, it's, a, it's only a possibility or they, they're one of, one of five? You know, how, do you th- how do you think it's going to be for Middlesbrough? How are you viewing this? I think, I think it's probably four now. I think that the, you look at the top eight um, and I think it's probably four, four for the top two and then the next four for the other two playoff players. I mean, Derby, you can't believe what's happened there no. in the last six weeks. Um, but I think, I think Borough, Borough, Watford, Bournemouth, Norwich for the top two um, uh, and then the other four... What, Beyond that, you know, you can't it's take a brave man to uh, to bet on who's going to get the top two come the end of the season. Prediction for Monday's game then, uh, Dominic, just to wrap up? 1-1, uh, I think. I think Burton make an early goal and Watford will lay a seat and he'll, he'll grab an equaliser. 1-1, and I'd, I'd be absolutely delighted with that. He'll take that, I think. I'm not. No, yeah. not having it. 
Not having it. <laughs> not having it. Not after drawing against Derby. I want one of them to be a win. And we, we, we lost against Ipswich. I said I wanted to draw one and at least win one. A good game. I, good, I, th- <laughs> I think that the good thing about last night's game with Derby, um, Dominic, was that it, it lived up to its billing of, of of two top sides going at it in the championship, and I think it did live up to the billing. And I, and I think if Monday's game can do similar, we'll we'll be in for a treat. Um, and yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Thanks very much for joining us, and uh, and good luck to yourself and uh, Middlesbrough for the rest of the season. Apart from a Monday. Thanks, fellas. Thank you. Thanks yeah, so much, yeah, Dominic. Yeah, mate. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Take care. I'll see you. Bye bye. So we are here. You know, a couple of minutes left of the show. Watford are. Six games left to go. They are against Middlesbrough. They are against Millwall. I'm this off the top of my head. Uh, Forest, Black, Birmingham, Black, Birmingham Bright, Brighton, and Sheffield Wednesday. Wednesday. That was all off the top of my head. Um, I think we've only got two tough games, really tough games left, where we've, we have, we've got a team who are part of uh, a battle. Middlesbrough up there with us. Millwall who are at the bottom, and then you have got Forest who possibly maybe could be part of it, but. By the time we get to Brighton and Sheffield Wednesday, they're sort of not out of it. They're not. not they're not going to play. Not that they're going to. They kind of do anything, Jason. But yeah, you know, Leeds two years ago. Need I say more? Yeah, but that was a very different game. That was when we had, you know, the. It was a different side. It was a different manager. But the, everything that went on in that game, especially with the injury to Bond, it, you're not going to get that again, are we? It, no, but but the side we were up against then. Still had nothing to play for, apparently, other than a bit of Schadenfreude. Oh, again, John? oh end of the season, Jason pulls it out of the bag. Yeah, yeah. So these sides will still want something to prove. You might have players that are playing for a new contract or, or even looking to put themselves in the shop window. They'll still have something to prove. And they're professionals. They will still put up a fight against us, regardless of whether they're battling against relegation, going for promotion or just sitting in mid-table. John, you were, you were very proud there of being able to rattle off our, our late, the, the last fixtures. It doesn't matter at this stage of the game who we're playing. This Watford team now needs to turn up, win the games, get on to the next. It doesn't matter if you're playing Barcelona, Real Madrid, England women's team, Bovenden under-15s. It doesn't matter who the team is. Getting the results is all that counts. Getting uh, the, and this team yes, can do it. Yeah. They've proved it time and time again. They've proved they're not a, a, a rollover. They're not going to get their tummies tickled against anyone. They've got the experience of the Leeds game that Jason's talked about. They've got the experience of the playoff final. This is time to put all those to bed once and for all, get the job done, get it done in style, and we can all go and have a party and enjoy the summer and uh, have it ruined by cricket. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, are you, are you, is this it? Is it, is it going to happen? Yeah, I think so. I really do. I mean, I, last time I came on a podcast, I sat there and said, you know what? Top two's probably beyond us. Top six. Let's make sure we're in that top six. And I actually think the transformation in the Watford team in the last six weeks, two months, I think you can see it visibly. And we've had a couple of games where things have gone off the boil, but on the whole, in the last couple of months, the team has just improved with almost every game. You sense they believe. You sense that the manager has instilled that in them. And some of his tactical decisions as well, again on Friday night, a substitution in the in the second half there that changes and swings the game back in our favour and puts us back on the offensive when we'd been really under the cosh. So a manager that knows what he's doing, players that believe, yeah, why not? Definitely. And supporters that believe as well, Dave. I think so, yeah. Let's let's roar them home. We've got it's, it's a sellout on Monday. 
This is what it's all about for a, bit, for a football supporter. Nothing more exciting than this. I can't wait. I cannot wait. It's going to be a great end to the season. Uh, thank you very much for listening to From the Rookery End on Silver FM 87.9. Thanks to Dave. Thank you for everybody on the phone. We had lots and lots of guests. To Frank, to Robbo, who we can now officially call Robbo, uh, and uh, to Craig Ramage. Uh, the podcast, uh, this show will be available on podcast uh, soon. But thank you very much for listening. Uh, and uh, yeah, come on, you Come on, you